We're bringing together imperfect people in pursuit of a whole life. Welcome to the Pathfinder Church Message Podcast. This week, Pastor AJ shares his message from the series, Always, Always, with. There is something about the power of with. Have you ever noticed how sometimes it helps to have someone with you going through something, even when there's no discernible reason why their presence should make a difference? That there are certain people in your life that have the power to help boost your mood, to give you reassurance that when they're there, they can turn an ordinary thing into a much more fun and exciting thing. That I think we all have people in our journey that if we, if we had to get stuck on the desert island with them, we, would, we know that it would be okay. Uh, and then there's people too in our journey, right? If we were on the island with them, we might start thinking about that open ocean voyage on our coconut raft, right? Because who you're with matters. In this series, we've been digging into all the ways in which the presence of God makes a difference in our lives. And as we do so, we've been exploring the Psalms. The Psalms are a, a collection of songs of prayer in the Bible that they really connect deeply with our emotions because they're written by people, inspired by God, but written by people who have real life, extraordinary feelings about their relationship with God. And, and as we dig in, we're going to be digging into the most famous of them today, the Psalm 23. This is the, the Lord is my shepherd psalm. And before we put it on screen, I just want to say, I think the reason why Psalm 23 is, is the, so appealing to people uh, is because it, it taps into those deeply held emotions, those most authentic feelings that we have about our relationship with God. Feel, feelings both wonderful and, and, and the ugly ones, too. And so we dig in. And, and as we do, you know, you may also be bringing in extra associations with Psalm 23. That it's possible you've interacted with it before. Maybe, maybe it was read at a funeral you attended, and so it reminds you of a certain person. Or you saw it on TV, or you had to memorize it for confirmation. And so you may be bringing in, and this may be stirring those extra feelings for you. Uh, for me, Psalm 23, uh, the verse six was, you know, the foundation of a, the first song that I learned uh, on guitar. And so I have positive associations there. But overall, I've always had a little bit of difficulty connecting with Psalm 23 because, I don't know, I just didn't seem to get it like other people get it, to appreciate it in, in the same way. Uh, up until probably two weeks ago, to be honest. Um, but God has really brought me on a journey of appreciating it, and, and he's done that in two ways. First off, he, you know, I was assigned to preach today, and you know, if there's a, a scripture text that you're like, I'm not sure I to totally get uh, or resonate with, uh, you know, whenever you're assigned to study it, to preach on it, like that, that helps force that issue quick. That, you know, will help cure that. But then second, I, just by coincidence, I am taking a, a continuing education class right now on the Psalms. And the Psalm that I was just assigned to memorize for this week is Psalm 23. Uh, so I'm knocking out some homework here with you guys too <laughs> uh, at the same time. But no matter you, if you have a lot of history with Psalm 23 or not, I encourage us all today to to come 
to get a fresh look. Because in all the stuff that we have to go through in life, all those things that we have to do, who, who we're with in the middle of it matters. And that's why Psalm 23 matters. And so in a moment, I'm going to ask you to, to read it with me. And as we do, I encourage you to find a, a posture of openness, you know, to, to sit comfortably. Because you know what? The Psalms are not just meant to be read as, as literature. They're, they're not just meant to be scrutinized, but to be experienced. And so I encourage you to settle into your seat. Uh, let those, let those elbows or the uh, shoulders fall away from your ears a little bit. Take, take a breath. And as we recite this out loud together, I invite you to let your mind paint a picture of what you're reading. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As we read through this, you may have noticed that there are three scenes that the psalm takes us through. And I'd love for us to go back to the, the first one, to the green pastures and the still waters. And I invite you to, to think. Go back to your memory bank and think of a green pasture moment for you. What was a moment in which you, you felt just totally comfortable, maybe at rest, or, or in a moment of joy, and you were in a, a space or, or a place that was restorative. Where does your, your mind go there? For me, my mind quickly went to a time when I was in, in Germany. Uh, I, some college friends and I went on a bit of an adventure after we graduated. We backpacked Europe for a month, and we were going to Germany, and I wasn't expecting to really like it any more than any other countries. Um, but as I was there, it just so happened my stepdad had a work trip that overlapped with us being there. And so we decided we would meet up. And we met up at this old castle up high up on this hill that had been turned into a restaurant. Uh, how cool is that? Um, and, uh, you know, as we sat at our table I, and I reclined back in the chair, I, you know, I remember, um, you know, I had my Hefeweizen with me. I was looking out over the, the stone wall at this expansive, lush valley below, and you could just see the, the sun was, was pouring down on it. You know, I, in my chair, I could just feel the rays soaking into me, and it was just like totally at peace in the moment. And I was like, life is good. Where did your mind go? Wherever your mind went, you know, it might have gone to a place in connection with nature, because that's where the psalm kind of leads us. Maybe not. But I'm willing to bet that your memory probably didn't just include you. It's possible. But I think a lot of the times what makes these moments so special is that you, someone else was there with us, that they were a part of why the memory is so meaningful. Because who you're with matters. 
Right? And these are the moments that we would love for life to be all about these moments, to be filled with nothing else. And yet we know this, that if our Lord is the shepherd, then we're the, the sheep. And sheep are pretty vulnerable that in this crazy world, like in a sheep's world, they're subject to all sorts of things, uh, to, to the elements. Uh, they can become prey for predators. They can get attacked. They can get hurt. They can wander off on their own. And, and it's like that with us too. That in this broken world, uh, that all of these evils swirl around on us. They, they, they press in on us. There's all sorts of, of things like injustice and, and hurt and pain. And there's sickness and there's political strife. And there's all sorts of financial trouble and marital trouble and broken relationships. And there's all sorts of things we go through. But just like with the sheep, where the worst thing is for them to wander off so too with us, the worst and the hardest moments of life are when we're facing the hard thing on our own, alone. Those, those are the valleys. Those are our second scene from the psalm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And, and for you, you know, when we think about a valley moment in our lives, you know, go ahead and think back and, and just reconnect with how that felt. Um, for some of us, the, the valley is long ago that we're thinking about. Others of us, you may feel like you're going through it right now. And so those feelings are already at the forefront of your mind. But either way, with the valleys, I'm guessing that your memory isn't so much of a picture as it is a, a flood of emotions that there's a, a heaviness that sets in, that there's a, a, a sadness, a, a despair in the valley moments. And, and it's in those moments that we know that there are people that can be around us to support us. Uh, we know that, you know, we've got friends and family and loved ones and there's counselors. And, and here at Pathfinder, even, you know, we've got some great groups like like grief share that help people to navigate loss intentionally uh, together. We have all sorts of, of groups in this place. Actually, we've got, you know, a group for everyone really to connect with. You know, we've got volunteer teams. I think volunteer teams, the, an underrated part of that is the belonging that comes from serving together. And there's all sorts of ways to connect. And so, you know, often as a pastor, I'll hear people tell me, you know, AJ, I'm lonely. And I'm like, okay, you know, have you engaged in a volunteer team? Well, no. Have you engaged in an action team? No. And I'm like, are you hearing it? Like, help me help you here. Uh, this will be a blessing to you. Uh, rather, really help God help you. Um, I know this will be a part of it, of healing for you, or a part of joy for you. And yet, even as I say that, and I really believe that, that engagement and belonging help, I really believe it. But even as I say it, I think there's also this reality that it doesn't matter how much our loved ones have stepped up. It doesn't matter how awesome the community that we're in is. There's a very real reality that in a sense, this life, we're going through everything alone. We're very alone even in the midst of those things. Because even though other people may have gone through the same things that you and I have gone through or very similar things, they still don't know what it's like to be you going through those things. They don't know what it's like to be in your shoes. And people can't enter into our 
our burdens, our anxieties, our grief in the same way that we feel those things. They can't share that or, or walk alongside us in totality in that. I've been uh, watching a new show on TV. It's called The Rings of Power. It's from the Lord of the Rings series. Anyone else been checking that one out? Yeah? A few fans out here. All right. My people. Um, but as I've been watching that show, I, I think all of us are somewhat familiar with the original series, The Lord of the Rings, and, and, or at least the basic plot that Frodo has to take this ring of power and he has to take it to Mordor to destroy it. And this, this ring, it, it's filled with all of this evil. It contains it. And so for Frodo to bear the ring, it weighs on him psychologically and, and emotionally, even physically. Um, you know, you can see throughout the series, like he just looks more and more terrible with every scene. Uh, and the, the necklace that the ring is worn on around his neck, it's like it's putting like a groove in his neck or like burning or whatever else. And, and the burden is just that heavy. And, but then alongside him, he's got this lovable friend, Sam, who, who goes with him and is about the most faithful companion you could ever have in hard times. Uh, Sam helps in every way. He's completely loyal. He'll never abandon Frodo. He'll do whatever he can for them. And yet Sam doesn't know what it's like to carry the burden for himself. That, yeah, there's a time in the movies where he holds the ring briefly. And there's a time in the books he actually puts it on for a brief moment. But Sam does not know what it's like to be Frodo bearing the ring. He only knows what it's like to be Sam bearing it, and only for a short time. In the series, you can tell from the way Frodo acts and the way he speaks that there's a very real understanding that as much as anyone tries to help, that the ring is his burden to bear alone. There's only so much anyone can do about it. And I think for, for us, this, it's the same. The thing that we hate to admit, uh, that we, we spend a lot of time in denial over and we surround ourselves with other people in order to trick ourselves into thinking maybe it's not true, but it is that we are alone as we walk through the, these things. That, that in these very real moments, it doesn't matter what the support is around us, that we bear these burdens ourselves bear them ourselves. It's in these moments that we're in our own, you know, valley of the shadow of death. That in these moments, there's a darkness that sets in. And we, when we begin to think this, God, where are you in this moment? Why have you abandoned me in this place? What about the green pastures, right? The, the still waters, those were great. What about those? What about the paths of righteousness? I loved it when you, when you led me on those. And, and why can't I be there still? Why didn't you take me around this valley, this heavy place that I'm in and dealing with? Why did you let me get here? Why am I here? And when we ask ourselves this question, we search our, our mind to try and come up with the meaning behind why we're there. And, and we think, you know, am, am I here as punishment in this valley? Is this part of what it means to walk with God? 
is that God is actually also the judge of the universe and that he sees everything as we walk with him. He sees everything that we have done uh, that harms us or our neighbors or even our relationship with him. He sees everything we've done in thought, word, or in deed that was evil, everything that we left undone that we should have done, and everything that we did do that we shouldn't have do, that, that he sees it. And that this being in the valley is part of the consequences of going through life unable to hide from God. And, and there's times where we go, you know, I'm here, so surely I must be guilty of something, right? Surely it's my fault that I'm here. Maybe I was running from God and I wound up here. So since it was my fault, I got myself into this mess. I'm going to have to get myself out. And, or we think, you know what? Maybe not. Maybe it's not my fault that I'm here. Maybe I'm here because the world is a broken place. And, and part of that brokenness just fell on me randomly. Or we go, you know what? I, I could be here with very real purpose and intention because the evil one has targeted me with his arrows and with his attacks. And we, we search for the meaning of why we're here. And these are the hard questions because we just, we just don't know. And in the moment we pray to God to, to give us an answer and, and to show up and to make it better, and, but it doesn't seem like he does. And he doesn't seem to, to clue us in on why we're there. In those moments, it, it seems like he never answers. And then, and then our minds go to this place of, well, either way, I don't know why, we're, why I'm here, but I know this for sure, that no matter why I'm here, uh, God could have prevented it that God could have taken me around. He could have protected me and he chose not to. And so either way, he's complicit in me being in this place. And then we go to this, this thought of, well, God, he could be, he probably is either unjust or he doesn't exist. Because how could a good God let someone that he loves go through this? I mean, People, they lose their faith in the valleys. I know people that have lost their faith in the valleys. You probably do too. It's a dark place down there. And when you can't see the road ahead or for how long it's going to last, we, we can't see also that God is with us. That God is with you. That truly part of what it means that God is with us is this, that he is present. He is walking alongside of us. That even when we can't see him, He's serving us as, just like a shepherd serves his sheep, lives amongst his sheep, and serves as the guide, the protector, the veterinarian, whatever the sheep need. So too, God is walking alongside of us in the hard, in the scary stuff. We can't see it, but he is in the middle of it. This is the message of the psalm. And it's also the message of this footprints in the Sam poem. If you've heard this one, it goes something like this, that, the person and God are walking along and they have their sets of footprints. And then the person looks back and sees a moment where there's only one set of footprints and says, uh, God, I thought you were going to be with me. Why did you abandon me in that moment? And God says, well, actually that moment is where I carried you. Those are my footprints. And the point is that God is with us. But I also love there's a meme based on this poem that I think really drives the point home for me. Uh, you know, my child, I never left you those places with one set of footprints. It was, it was then that I carried you. Uh, that long groove over there, that is where I dragged you for a while. 
<laughs> I find this adds a, an important realistic detail for my faith journey. I don't know about you. Sometimes, sometimes God drags us along. Sometimes we plant our feet and we're stubborn. We're, we're very hesitant, reluctant followers. And truth be told, more often than not, God is carrying us or dragging us. But, you know, analogies break down at a certain point. But God is with us always. We, do, we in those moments, though, have a hard time seeing with him, routinely have a hard time seeing him. And, and why is that? Why do we have a hard time latching onto this idea that he's with us? And I think this, this quote really helps me with this. It says that unbelief puts circumstances between itself and Christ so as not to see him. And you know what? There's unbelief. There's a doubter in all of us. And, and the doubter comes out, and especially in those times that we're lost and begins to speak into that. And so in those moments, we, we pray that God would be with us to let us know, to trust and see him walking alongside us, and, and that we might know that he gets it. That God absolutely gets what we're going through. That like nobody else, God is all-knowing. He's omniscient. He can see everything. And so whatever we're going through, that God actually sees it with perfect clarity, every detail. He knows all of the feelings and he feels them with us. And so God, more than anyone, he gets the valleys. He gets what we're going through like nobody else can. And what blows my mind as I think about it is that God is no stranger to the valleys when God the Son, when Jesus became incarnate and walked this earth, he had his valleys, right? Anytime your, your journey ends in your murder, that, that's a valley. And what blows my mind is this, that Jesus prayed Psalm 23 in his valleys. That in this psalm, there's, there's nothing we're praying that he hasn't prayed already for himself and for us. He absolutely gets it. And he prays it for us. And, and we remember that the whole reason that Jesus is in a position to need to pray this prayer for himself, that the whole reason he's going through valleys is because he is for us. That God loves us and so he came among us because he's for us. That's what with can mean as well, is that he absolutely wants us to be whole in the best ways. And you know what? We, we convince ourselves, right, that if God was, was really doing his job, if he was really for us, uh, then we'd be on the high road away from all of this mess. But another perspective is this, that dark valleys are as truly one of his right paths as are the green pastures. Dark valleys are as truly one of his right paths as are the green pastures. I, this week I wrestled with that one. Do I can truly believe this? Is that right? The dark valleys are part of his right paths? Many of you know that that five months ago, my daughter, Sarah, my 10-year-old, was diagnosed with cancer. And when I think back to that, I think of, she was, you know, she'd been complaining that her legs hurt. And, and you know, we just 
We assured her, oh, it's, we chalked it up. It's probably growing pains. It'll be fine. It'll be okay. That's what we told her. And then there was the fever that wouldn't go away. And so Megan took her in. And, and, and then the phone call I got in the, the middle of the night that, that devastated me, that changed everything, that it, it's cancer. Um, and then to have to sit across from my daughter and, and look her in the eye and tell her that she has cancer. I mean, guys, that is a conversation I'll never forget. Never. And, and to hear her say, and Megan told me this, that, that she was like, but even, even if I die, I'll get to see you guys in heaven, right? And in that moment... Um, but in that moment to go and and I know it's turned out really well and her prognosis looks really good and and great but to see what the treatment has done to her and reduced her to and and to look at the whole journey and go how is that the right path how is that the path that's just as right as green pastures I don't know how that can be true. And the only way I can wrap my mind around, the only way I can reconcile it is is that God surely uses our valleys as crucibles to melt us down into something that that he can refine. When Sarah was born, not long after that, I I started having uh, panic attacks for the first time in my life, anxiety attacks. And, And they can be scary if you've gone through them. And there was a time when they were really eating my lunch, you know, and I hadn't really identified that anxiety was the main thing that was going on. You know, I was pointing to all these symptoms that could be driving it. Uh, And you know what, when when your mind's anxious, you can really make your body do some crazy things and you can see things, you know, symptoms uh, and that manifest because you're thinking about them. And, And so I was kind of latching onto those and I'm like, oh, that symptom, that's the thing we need to be, that's the the main problem. We need to be treating that. And I I scheduled an appointment with my doctor. I'm like, we we gotta attack that together and treat that. And I was excited to tell her what I figured out. And then she just looked at me and she's like, AJ, I think we have to deal with the actual problem of your anxiety. And that, that hit me. Um, you know, it was a real bottom of the valley moment for me. And, and oftentimes when people are going through a mental health crisis, you, you don't want to have to do the medication thing for some reason, even though, you know, those can be really helpful. And, but so she convinced me, you know, that I think you should take this medication. I think it'll really help in this moment. And I'm like, okay. And so I get home and I, I take the med, I go to sleep. I wake up 30 minutes later, and it feels like my skin is on fire. Um, There's some sort of medicine reaction uh, that I had. And and long story short, it would eventually take like four or five days for this this feeling to go away. And so for four or five days, I sat with this feeling that my skin is on fire. And and it was terrible. It, It was horrible. Let me, here's a quiz, guys. What happens when you take someone who's an anxiety freak and then you dump a whole lot more fuel on that. Anyone, anyone know? So you get a total wreck, a total complete mental breakdown. Um, and and I, what I found was that I pushed through the false bottom of the valley. Have you ever been in your, a place in your life when you're like, this is the bottom? And then no, it's even further down. It's even darker than you imagined it could go. 
And in that moment, I didn't know if, if it would ever not feel this way, if it was going to be permanent. And we ask ourselves, will, will this ever end? Will it ever get better? But for me, that was the right path. Looking back, it was the right path because God was working in that. He helped me to confront something that was harming my journey toward whole life and to make me more aware of and, and grateful for his presence, the presence of Jesus, my good shepherd. In John 10, Jesus says this. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. This is Jesus' words to us, that when we're about to step off into the valley, that Jesus doesn't flee from the danger like the other guides that we have hired to lead us, that Jesus crosses over and in with us, that in the midst of our enemies, he uses the rod to fight for us. In the midst of need, he brings abundance. In depression, he is there. In addiction, he is there. In divorce, there. In the hurt, there. In the sickness, there. Even in death, he is there holding us and our loved ones in his hands to bring us through. Only God, only God can lead a man through death. All other guides turn back. And though every guide in your life turns back, Jesus never will. He never leaves us. When Jesus says always, he means always. And he enters into the, the swirling evils around us, the wave that threatens to overwhelm us. And so that we might pray an impossible prayer with him, that we might pray this, I will fear no evil for you are with me. I will fear no evil. Really? I feel lots of evils. We fear more than we think. And we know it when we're staring it in the face. We absolutely fear evil. So what, what is God doing in trying to get us to pray this? He, he's not asking for us to be boisterous. He's not saying pray this as a test of our sincerity in following him. But rather we remember that the, the psalm is the words of the father that he gives to his children. That, that God gives us these words that we like a, a toddler, we might pray them back to him as a toddler learning the speech of the language of faith, that we might trust that he is with us, that we might understand all the things he's done in the psalm. He, he makes me, he leads me, he restores, he comforts, and that we might know that he is preparing. He says this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell 
in the house of the Lord forever. You can count on God to bring you through to the table. I don't know who needs to hear this today, but but know this, you will get through this because God will bring you through it. So so trust in who he is. The, The whole reason that his goodness and mercy, they follow us, they track with us all the days of our lives is because God is with us all of those days. He is goodness and he is loving kindness. That's just who he is. He leads us graciously and he redeems the unredeemable. And one day we'll look back on whatever valleys we have and we'll see the faithfulness of God. And so even in the midst of suffering, we can have a measure of peace because God is with us. We can pray, I will not need, even though we need. We can pray, it is well with my soul, even though it is not, trusting his promise to lead us through. And maybe, maybe it's okay that we don't know when or how God is going to restore our souls because our shepherd is with us and and Jesus is enough. God, we enter into this moment with the valleys keenly on our minds at the forefront and in the times where we just don't know when you can't make heads or, or tails of it, when you seem distant, Lord, we give those to you. May we see you in the midst of them. Teach us to pray the language of faith. I will not fear because you are with me. May your presence, Lord, be enough in those moments. Though we can't see anything else, May your presence and the sight of you be enough. Teach us, Lord, to sing the language of faith and of trust. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Pathfinder Church Message Podcast. If you'd like to hear more messages like this, hit the subscribe button. You can also find more resources at our website, pathfinderstl.org.